And at the same time, I'm going to welcome up Larry Carrier to you. Uh, Aaron is on vacation uh, this week and with his family enjoying that time. Larry Carrier has been attending here with his wife, uh, Aline, and with his son, Stephen. They often sit right over here. If you don't know Larry, make sure you greet him. He's been coming for about four years already. They drive every week from Ottawa. And uh, he has been, he's a retired pastor. He retired after 28 years at Ottawa Bible Church. Did I say that right? I'm waiting for him to appear. Is he descending? Oh, there he is. He's standing. So, uh, I, Larry, I just appreciate you uh, filling in in a, in a tight spot in a very short window. And I love you as a faithful brother in Christ. So thank you for serving the Lord faithfully in Ottawa and now at CBC. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. I've been petrified for two weeks, and the moment has come. (laughs) I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 15. We'll read the story of the parable of the lost son. I would like for us to focus on the father, although the son is a major part of the story. As we read the passage, I would like to just kind of put my little comments in here and there, and you can see where I'm coming from. Let's bow to pray, shall we? Our Father in God, we bow before you. Um, Jesus promised that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would be in us and with us as we believe in and follow you. So we thank you for your presence here, for the presence of your Holy Spirit ministering to each of our hearts. We thank you for your word, which is the anchor of our life and gives us the pathway to salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that we may leave today with a a little wider appreciation of who you are and how you work in our lives. We pray in our Savior's name. Amen. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. A certain man had two sons. And so I'm kind of taking that the message really has to do with believers. And the prodigal is a believer, I think. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. He didn't hand him a wad of money. This is property. So as that younger son leaves home, he's probably taking a couple of donkeys that are loaded down with possessions. Uh, He wants half of the property. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there rose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Who do you suppose brought that famine I think the father brought the famine to bring his son around and get him ready to go home and come back. Um, 
Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods, and I understand those are carob pods, which I'm told uh, are mostly fiber. They fill the stomach, but there's little food value in them. So you think you're full, but you're really not. You're not getting any food value out of them, and that's kind of the way his lifestyle was, too. Uh, he He would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, probably his own, and put it on him and put a ring on his hand, probably identification as a family person, and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And when I was growing up, I was an independent Baptist. We didn't dance. (laughs) Um, but he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years, notice the I and the you as we read these next verses. These many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. That's quite a statement. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. As soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, that is the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It is right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again. And was lost and is found. We all know prodigals. 
sons and daughters. And most parents blame themselves. And quite often others blame the parents as well. I'd like for us to think about God, our Father, when we as children go astray. Do you think God, our Father, made some mistakes in parenting us? I don't think so. He's the perfect parent. And I don't think anyone's going to blame God for the prodigal leaving home. It's totally his own choice against his father's wishes. I would like to remind us that believers can be prodigals. Uh, I knew a man at Western Bible College who was born and raised in the worst part of San Francisco. And I said, when did you become a Christian? And he said, in my teens. I said, how did you survive in that environment? He said, they never found out. I thought, that's not a very good statement, really. (laughs) He was saved, but nobody knew it. (laughs) That's kind of like this prodigal. No one would have guessed that he was a believer. There's two qualities mentioned in Romans 8.15, and I would like for us to see it here in this passage. It says, You have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Two different sides of the Father. The Abba, like Daddy, or like a little child learns to speak and say Dada or whatever. And then you have the Father, the rock-solid part of the family. And so is God. God has that tender, loving, gentle side. And God has that strong, solid rock side as well. And we see... God the Father, pictured by the prodigal's father. People we love deeply are the ones that hurt us most deeply. If our loved one hurts us, it hurts worse than strangers who might hurt us. I worked for a man in, when I my la- in, during my last two years in high school. We lived in Southern California. And I worked with him at his hot dog stand. And you have to understand the weather there is year-round. It's okay to have an outside hot dog stand uh, in the wintertime as well. I went to work at 11 p.m. and got off work at 4 a.m. I did that every Friday night for two years. Uh, Don was a great guy, but he was an alcoholic And I learned later why. He had been for years a vaudeville MC. Most of you probably don't know what vaudeville is. That's an old-timey entertainment thing. But he was an MC, and he was very proud of his time as vaudeville MC. He kept a scrapbook with pictures, newspaper articles, all the places, the people he had met, and the events. He and his wife had a terrible fight. And as he left home to go to work, she took that scrapbook, tore it in pieces, and flushed it down the toilet along with her wedding ring and left him a note. Goodbye. Don, of course, was crushed. 
His whole identity was in what he had been. And he turned to vodka as his comforter and eventually died with liver disease, of course. The prodigal's father had to be hurt deeply. I put him in his early 20s. So he had been home. His father had invested himself in his sons, teaching them, helping them, guiding them, loving them. And here the son, in his early 20s, is saying no to his father, putting his hands in his father's face, basically saying no to his father's love, no to his father's morality, no to his father's teaching, no to everything that his father stood for. He said, I've had it, I'm leaving. Give me half the stuff, I'm gone. I'm through with this, I'm not going to be a farmer. The only thing he liked about his father was his possessions. (laughs) Leave me, or give me, half of what I would have had in your inheritance. The father knew that his son would plunge into the world of sin, but the father allowed him to do that. He knew that his son would find a different world, and what I have to smile about is what the world there thought of this little farm kid who comes to the big city. He's so naive and he's trusting, and these people are thinking, stupid little farm kid, <laughs> let's get what he's got. He looks, he's got some pretty good stuff. And I think they took really advantage of him and took all he had in exchange for what little they gave him. His father knew basically what was going to happen, and I think that points us to God, our Father. The Lord knows each of us, and he knows our futures. He knows what we'll be doing. Remember, Jesus looked at the Apostle Peter, and he said, Peter, you are going to deny me. You're going to deny me. You're going to sin. I know that. But you're going to come back. He had foreknowledge of Peter. And so back in Deuteronomy 31:26, God the Father says of the nation Israel, uh, you're going to stray away from me. You're going to be worshiping idols, other gods. And God the Father knew what the history of Israel would be. And the point I want to, us to see is that God allows us to sin. He knows ahead of time. He's not surprised. I used to be a strong legalist, and I felt that God was angry at me all the time because I never could keep all the rules perfectly. Um, The prodigal father was deeply hurt, and he allowed his son to leave and to sin. But the father did not explode in anger. Hurt usually leads to anger. You hurt me, I'll hurt you back. But the father did not explode when he said, he might have said to his son, 
I've worked all my life for this. You expect me to give you half of it and you just walk out the door. He could have really laid him out, but he didn't. He gave him what he asked. He allowed him to leave. He allowed him to take half of his possessions. True believers sin. 1 John 2, one. We have an advocate if any man sin. If anyone sins, any believer sins, we have an advocate with the Father who prays for us and intercedes for us. And so it is. The Father knew his son would sin. But there's a way back, and he knew it. One of the teachers at my high school, Linwood High School, started a scuba diving club, and I enjoyed that. And I soon became enamored with free diving along the California coast. And, of course, when you free dive or scuba dive, you always have a buddy. So my buddy and I spent our weekends uh, free diving along the coast. And guess what happened to me and the Lord? The Lord got neglected, and so did church. (laughs) And uh, I strayed. The Lord knew that. And the Lord has ways of manipulating things and bringing them around. Well, we had cousins in Kansas who came to visit us, and one of the cousins happened to be a cute cousin about my age. And, of course, I had to be a Christian, and I took her to church. Well, the Lord didn't speak to her. He spoke to me. (laughs) And uh, I was convicted of my neglect of him and of the church and came back to the Lord. So the Lord worked that out. He, br- he brings people across the country, maybe, to bring us around. The father did not write his son off. I knew of a Christian in his, light, in his late teens, early 20s, who decided to leave home, his Christian parents and his Christian training, and become a prodigal. And when he left home, his parents began to pray. And of course, they were grieved. And his mother told me later, we read Luke 15 all the time, read it over and over. How are we going to treat our prodigal son? And he did come home, finally. And you know what? They never said a word about it. They loved him, they showered him with love and blessing. And later on he said to his parents, you didn't have to say anything, I knew. (laughs) And uh, so it is with God. We sin as his children, but he doesn't write us off. He keeps us and guides us, keeps on loving us, and keeps looking for us and works ways to bring us back. I would like to read verse... Uh, chapter 15, verses 21 through 24. The, the son says to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He is lost and is found, and they began to make merry. 
Like many of us, the older son had written his younger brother off, emotionally at least. And when he came back from the field, he was angry when he found out his father had graciously accepted this renegade brother. Um, he was prioritizing behavior above worth. The father saw the worth of his prodigal son. His older brother only saw the behavior. Bad behavior, bad kid. Let him go. He don't belong here. But the father's grace accepted him when he came home and loved him. And the son, I think, had a little bit of finances uh, in his mind as well. Because the father said, don't worry, all I have is yours. It's got your name on it. We divided it once. Everything I've got now, it's yours. (laughs) So don't be worried about the younger son coming back and taking some of your money. (laughs) So I think he calmed him down. The father knew, and he loved both of his sons. He understood his son's anger, and he didn't rebuke his son either. He reasoned with him. The father came out. The son would not go in, so the father came out. And that's what God does in our lives. God comes to us in some way to bring us back to him, to speak to our hearts, to reason with us. This is the right thing to do. Uh, God can handle being mad at is a child who had been saved just a few months. And our family went through Yosemite National Park. And I wanted to see a bear. So I prayed for God to show me a bear. And uh, I prayed and I prayed. And God didn't show me a bear. And I was mad. I was mad at God. And I told him. I said, if you don't show me a bear... I'm not going to believe in you anymore. (laughs) So you know what happened. The rest of the story, don't you? I wouldn't be here. (laughs) The Lord knows how to bring you back to him. And he doesn't worry about people getting mad at him. I want to read Ephesians 1, 2 through 7. The father, last point, the father believed in both sons. He believed in the prodigal son that he would come back. He believed in the elder son that he would forgive. He didn't reprimand either one of them. He spoke to their hearts. He prayed for them. He watched for them. And he did. He, he waited and he blessed both of them. Ephesians 2, 1, 2-7. One, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, 
according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The father believed in the prodigal. The the father believed in the elder son. And so God the father believes in you. God the Father believes in me, and he will see us through. He will keep on loving us. The Father is grieved by our sinning, but he gives us freedom to sin. He does not cut us off, and he understands our anger, and he keeps on loving us and bringing us through to the end, which is heaven and Christ-likeness. Shall we pray together? Oh God, our Father, we need to know you better, even every day. Thank you that we have the story of the prodigal's father that helps us get a little better insight of who you are and how you deal with us. We thank you for each other. We thank you for the prodigals that are on the hearts of many. And we pray for them that they will return. They will see your hand at work in their lives and repent and come home to you. And we thank you for those who have been uh, thinking wrongly and judging others by their behavior and not seeing their worth. Help us to see the worth of people regardless of how they behave. You have loved us with an everlasting love. And Lord Jesus, you put your life on the cross and suffered in our place so that we may be never be separated from you and your family. Thank you for salvation and for obtaining it for us by dying in our place for our sins and bringing us forgiveness through your shed blood. We pray in our Savior's name. Amen.